Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Raven. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Was that the weakest takeover NXT's ever done? Ugh. It's, 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 a, it's a question we're going to ask today. Because it's kind of not great. It was alright. It was alright. It was good. There you go. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast <laughs> review of uh, NXT TakeOver In Your House 2021. Uh, we are the Intangibles. We're going to be reviewing the uh, the show today uh, on a special Monday edition of the WrestleTalk podcast over here. Um, if you want to get in your ultra chats, let us know what you thought of the show. Make sure to do so at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Uh, and we'll go through every single one of your messages before the show ends today. So let's get into this, Tempest. Yeah. Because it wasn't a bad show. It wasn't no. a bad show. Takeover, it was all right. The problem with takeovers is that you expect brilliance because they're takeovers and they have such a good track record that if it doesn't meet your very, very, very high standards, it becomes comparatively much worse. Uh, And I think this takeover has suffered from that in that it was not a bad show. If this was, you know, a main roster pay-per-view, I think people were going, that was a really good pay-per-view. You know, that was a, that was a really solid pay-per-view. Really enjoyed that. But because it's a takeover, everyone's going to say, which, I have also kind of done with this and I know I'm a victim of that. And I know that that's, I know that's why I don't think I don't rate this takeover as highly, but I still, I'm just a little bit disappointed. You know, the, the build to the show wasn't that great anyway, but I think even with that, it was, it was fine. It was fine. And that was, that's my, that's my, my brief review of the show. It was fine. Yes. I, I have seen a lot of discourse about this show because mm. I was watching it and it finished and I was like, that was a fine, enjoyable pay-per-view. You know, I didn't have like a ton of like really strong thoughts about it one way or the other, which made making the written review a lot, a lot more difficult. Cause I was like, yeah. uh, 
well, this happened and this happened, and I guess this happened and blah blah blah. But I mean, I saw Denise on the uh, the Fightful post show say that this was the worst takeover ever, and mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, that's a that's a strong hot take. I don't think it was the weakest ever because mm-hmm. a lot of those early takeovers were not great, you know, because you gotta you gotta remember. From about 2015 onward, takeovers just became like super pay-per-views that were like hits every single time. You were getting like possible show of the year candidates every single time they did a takeover. Mm -hmm. But before that, you were still having like Bull Dempsey was beating guys in like two minutes and it was terrible. And Baron Corbin was squashing Ty Dillinger in 30 seconds and it was terrible. And there were a lot of like, uh, the VOD villains versus the Lucha Dragons, and it's not very good. And there was a lot of those matches during those like early takeovers in 2014. Mm-hmm. Now there aren't a lot of those shows, but like the first takeover, I'd probably put worse than this. Maybe Takeover Rival, even though like the top matches on that show are really good. There's like a full chunk, like the middle chunk of that show is like not not good. So I don't think it was the weakest ever. That being said, since that point it's probably the weakest takeover since maybe like unstoppable or maybe like takeover the end like these really forgettable Mm -hmm. shows that had like one really good match on them whether it's the sasha banks versus becky lynch match or the the diy diy no the alpha academy i'm losing my mind American Alpha. <laughs> American yeah. Alpha is their name. American yeah. Alpha versus the Revival, their rematch yes. at Take Over the End. Mm-hmm. At least those shows had that match, but it really isn't enough to like save it from being possibly the worst takeover. This show, at least, I thought had good matches in the later half of the show. And that to me brings it up to being just a bit above the, the weakest ever. Still mm-hmm. in the lowest tier, I would yeah. say. But yeah still a disappointing yeah, show a little bit i think yeah i think that that's kind of where i'm at as well i don't think it was the weakest ever but i think from i think people generally overlook those early takeovers because when people think of takeovers you think of the big super yeah. pay that they became yeah. so i think in people's minds of the big takeovers since they've actually properly become takeovers this is probably the weakest one of those but it's mm-hmm. not technically the weakest show that has been called a takeover, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we'll talk about, um, I guess we'll, we'll talk about probably what was one of the more um, contentious matches on the card uh, that I've seen a lot of people have really mixed responses to, and that was the main event. Um, Interesting. See, like I, before we get into it, like I mm-hmm. finished the show, went mm-hmm. upstairs, recorded the thing, edited the thing, sent the link to go into the news video today yeah. and i was like all right passing out it was like 3 a.m i was mm-hmm. done i was cooked yeah. i was out i have seen virtually no reaction to this show mm-hmm. besides very quickly and briefly checking out denise's reaction on the fightful post show so yeah. that's my only gauge of how people feel about this show so mm-hmm. if people liked or didn't like matches i'm like oh really wow hmm yeah, so I've seen a lot of people have a very mixed responses to this main event, which was the Fatal Five Way for the NXT Championship: Cross versus Don versus O'Reilly versus Cole versus Gargano. Um, I thought it started off with a really cool video package. I really, I quite enjoyed it quite a lot. Got me quite hyped for the for the match itself. 
Tell you what was really annoying though. Didn't have any intangibles in this match. I Give me a refund. Garbage. Absolute garbage. They had they had intangibles for like at least two of them during the pre-show. Because mm-hmm. I was watching the pre-show and they were flashing up the main event graphics. Oh yeah. And Adam Cole had like four different intangibles. <laughs> I don't remember what all of them were. They still didn't make sense. Yeah. They yeah. were it was still a mix of like, you know, oh, a I noun didn't watch the and, and, and so. yeah. Yeah, I missed them. No intangibles, zero out of five show. Yeah, it's ter- absolutely terrible. Um, but uh, Pete Dunne cosplaying as an angel, thought that was quite funny. Uh, just yep. came out all in the white, except he was doing a, a tribute to the England football team. Something about it's coming home. It's never coming home. Uh, and uh, yeah, I quite like the, the opening of this match because basically it was just like, Karrion Cross is the big bad of this match and everyone's just trying to take him out and one by one they each like got their turn against cross at the start of this match and basically the story of this match was all of them teaming up to take out the big bad threat of cross and then they all fight each other and then cross comes back and they go ah we should probably take out the big guy again let's all team up and take him out again and he had some really interesting team up bits because you had like gargano and dunn working together to put cross like through the takeover in your house set you had cole and o'reilly team up to do a power bomb uh on cross on the commentary desk which was a really well done spot i think they timed it perfectly of like the cole o'reilly stare off of them being like well should we work together i don't like you i also cross is there and i don't like him either mm. and that like tense stare off i think it, it, it they held it for the exact right amount of time before they eventually like did the powerbomb on, on him together it was really really fun um and there, i mean there were so many friggin' spots in this match i've not written down all of them but it was always when cross was taken out the action seemed to pick up a little bit more because all <laughs> of them just started going back and forth and playing off each other's history like the first half of this match did feel a little bit like singles match and everyone else is on the outside and you yeah. swap out and singles match and everyone else is on the outside. Second half of this match, I thought had some wonderful interactions between everyone. So many cool, unique like uh, sequences and moves together and reversals and things like that. So much fun stuff going on. Loads of near falls. We thought, whoa, that's it then. And then someone mm. comes in and, and breaks up at the last minute. Um, and uh, I thought it had a wonderful finish really good finish to this match i thought which was um kyle o'reilly managed to take out everyone else and he got adam cole uh into like a double submission had like a heel hook and then grabbed the other one i did like a knee bar at the same time oh it was really cool um had like yeah double submission going on on cole carrying cross comes up behind o'reilly grabs him and starts choking him out and kyle just cannot let go of the submission he's got on cole he just refuses to let go of that submission he just wants to make cole tap he's so obsessed with getting cole to tap out uh to this submission that he just he doesn't let go of the submission he doesn't try to counter the choke that cross has got on and cross eventually just makes kyle just pass out and again kyle o'reilly bloody brilliant seller such good facial expressions during this submission spot and he eventually just passes out. Cross retains the NXT Championship. I thought it was a lot of fun. Probably my, my match of the night, personally. Um, yeah. I thought it was really, really fun. Enjoyed the match a lot. I don't know how I feel about Cross retaining. Uh, I still need to like process that yet. But I thought it was a really good, really good main event. Yeah. As far as the match itself, I mean, I thought this was match of the night pretty much by far, honestly. Mm. Like... Yeah. I hadn't seen like one match on the show up to this point where I was like, oh, that's like by far match of the night, you know, like we got the the ladder match and that was match of the night up to that point, just because the things that came before it weren't like spectacular. But then we got like another good women's match and you can take your pick between those two. But then we got a really good main event. 
I thought the main event was really interesting because like, like you said, you typically in these multi-man matches, you get just like one guy goes out of the ring. The other two have a singles match. One of them gets bumped. The other guy comes in and you just kind of like rotate around like that. And it's like, that's the formula that they work with. And it's a good formula, but in a match like this, where there were five people, they were able to do a lot more like creative stuff where instead of just having one-on-one, it would be like one-on-two or have one guy try and lock in submission holds on two guys at once or do the double joint manipulation. There was a lot more like creative, interesting spots woven into this match. We got like the, the Adam Cole ricochet moment where he, they super kicked uh, out of the moonsault. I love that. It was just like, there was a lot to like about this match. And we were talking about this match leading up to takeover in the past weeks and months, how, Oh, they'll probably do like a five-way match or a six-way match or whatever it end up being. And we said that because we thought that would be a good way to protect Karrion Cross. The only problem now is that in actual execution of this match, Karrion Cross did stick out. Mm-hmm. I said in the written review that it was like, this was a really good match, and I don't want to say that he was exposed by any means, but there were four excellent workers in this match and carrying cross. Now, I don't think that's necessarily like a bad thing if he's just going to be on the show because this is still developmental and everything, but it's a different thing when it's when NXT is defined as being like a a work rate promotion for lack of a better term. You know, you expect excellent in-ring quality from especially TakeOver matches and especially the NXT Championship matches on TakeOvers. So if that guy is going to be your champion, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. If you turn him heel, like full-blown heel, because he's kind of been like a tweener for the last little while, you turn him full-blown heel, I don't think it's as big of a problem because you're looking for someone to take the belt off of him in that case. But if he's just going to be like, oh, he's the champion and he wins the match and it's like dead silence because people aren't into it, I think that's a bit of an issue. I hope they do something with that. Speaking of dead silence, while we're on the topic, boy, I did not like this crowd uh, for this show. Yeah, They sat on their hands for a lot of this. And I know you, we could make the argument that, hey, they needed to be presented with something more engaging for them to actually make noise. And, you know, they made noise occasionally for, like, Cameron Grimes, and they sort of came alive for various bits of the main event. But just in general, they weren't very loud. And I feel like it, it, it's it, it's a symbiotic relationship you should have with, with wrestling in that you should be making noise in order to make the, the product you're watching better and they should provide you with a great product so you actually want to cheer anyway. It's like a it's like a it's like a cycle. You know, you you, you get invested in it, so they put on great greater stuff, so then you get more invested in it. Hey, everybody's happy. Uh but this I felt like was missing step one of them actually being excited to be there. It really did not feel like it was supposed to be a big deal. And this was like, oh, this is the biggest crowd we've had in the in the Capital Wrestling Center because we got, you know, they got rid of all the screens. They had a load of people there. I was like, this sounds like quieter than a normal episode of NXT. Like this is, this should not be the case at all. This is a, a one a takeover card, and people should be excited to be there. And also, you have loads more people. I just don't get why the the disconnect was there. And I understand that people were unhappy with the show or didn't think it was up to a certain standard, but like these matches weren't bad. It's not mm-hmm. bad enough to just be quiet about it. You know, it's not like, sure, it might not have been to the takeover standard, but it's not bad enough that you just sit there and just not make any noise about anything happening. Like, I, I don't know. It, it wound me up during the show. It's just like, God, 
make noise <laughs> be happy you're there <laughs> uh yeah it's it, like i said they're, they're part of the the presentation of the show and i feel like fans yeah. are, 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 are a big deal about it so they need to they need to play into their responsibility as as the crowd to make things more exciting yeah the only thing that i can think of for this show in particular is that maybe it's just the same thing that we've kind of gotten from Daly's place with AEW where they've just been in the same location for so long. And it's been the same amount of people that have been going to these shows. Like, yeah, they said, Oh, this is the big crowd in CWC history, but it's like, it was 300 people. So mm-hmm. whoop de doo Basil. But yeah. like, if it's the same people that have been going to NXT shows for like the last nine months in Orlando, then maybe they're just kind of burnt out now. And they need yeah. to go back on the road, or not on the road, but, you know, have a different kind of energy in the crowd. Because really, the only match on here I would understand people kind of being like, eh, whatever, was like the Zia Lee Mercedes Martinez match. Because yeah. it was like, it was fine, but it didn't really feel like a takeover match. But everything else, man, I haven't been to a wrestling show in a year and a half, and I would have been losing my mind watching any other match on this show. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was it's tough, but the the crowd definitely took the the show down a notch, and that mm. doesn't really help when this is already not the best takeover. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and yeah, sorry, going back to the to the main event. That that's just a, a point for the whole the whole card itself. But yeah. yeah, particularly the main event, as you mentioned, the crowd did not enjoy carrying Cross uh, in this match. They were kind of into basically all four other people. Whenever Cross was having his like rest spots and having you know he got taken out and and was recovering. Anytime he got those spots and the action kind of picked up in the ring, the crowd got more into it. Um, and then when he won, the crowd just went completely dead silent uh, through that. I don't know. I don't know if that's... I See, I'm, I'm kind of with you on your point, Tempest, of the cross did stick out uh, compared to the other four people in this match. But I will say that I think the booking they had in the match is kind of what they should have done with Cross. Absolutely, because, yeah. Be, because he... If the the perception is that Cross is not as good a worker as the other four people in the match, if he physically can't keep up with their sort of pace or in-ring work or whatever it may be, then the best thing for him to do is to do these short, sharp bursts of offense and get taken out and then come back in and do short, sharp, sharp, sharp bursts of offense. And it's, it's just accentuating his positives and diminishing his negatives. That's how booking should work. So I think it's still... It's still the best thing they should have done with him is just whether he should be put in this position in the first place. And personally, I've got nothing wrong with Karrion Cross. I think he's interesting. I think he's a cool character. Um, but I do think that his matches... I, yeah, I, I think it's like I said, it's the expectation people have of main event NXT championship matches at a takeover meet a certain style of wrestling because we've been so used to that because we had so many reigns of people like... <clears throat> excuse me. Andrade, Alistair Black, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, they all kind of have the, not necessarily the same style, because they all have their own varied in-ring styles, but it is kind of a a very work rate, in-ring quality high standard that they've set. And now that Cross doesn't fit that mold, people go, well, he's not as good. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't think he is not as good. It's just, it's a different kind of wrestling style that we're not, that that the NXT crowd aren't used to, necessarily. Um, So, yeah. I think p- people are not used to crossing that used to cross in that position, and in their perception, all other four guys in this match are better than him. So why is he the, the champion still? Is kind of what the the general online reception seems to be that people are just not into cross as NXT champion anymore, which is a yeah. shame. It's it's a different set of circumstances, obviously, because it's not like he's 
he's not the top baby face face of the company but this is the same problem that they had with john cena when they first gave him the wwe title like back in 2005 where he's not a particularly good in-ring worker and i think like i mean carrying cross is miles better than john cena was in 2005 for sure but at the time john cena was the guy that people looked at as hey this guy isn't that good in the ring i he's fine to beat jbl who's also not good in the ring but when he then goes on to start beating christian and chris jericho and chris benoit and kurt angle and Shawn michaels then you're like i would rather see all of those people in the main event matches than you buddy mm. yeah and we got it's the same sort of circumstances here where carrying cross. Cause if this was main roster WWE, I don't think this would be as much of a problem. People no. would still complain because you know, people like to complain about everything, but yeah. at the same time, like you have four amazing, amazing workers. And I'll say it like carrying cross. Isn't as good a worker as those other guys. He's got a different, you know, he's got a different style for sure, but you can have a different style and still be like a master of, timing and 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 ring awareness and all that sort of thing like the little things that actually make you a great worker he's not there yet and i believe that he will get there he's just not there yet and when he's beating four other guys who are there and have been there for a long time i can understand a little bit of a backlash it doesn't bother me as much i just want to make sure that they understand the presentation of this guy so that we don't keep having moments like this happen again yeah, it's true. Uh, we'll get on to Ultra Chat shortly. I just want to bring up one more. Uh, we, we had a, a new member join. Thank you uh, for joining, who's uh, Eternal Blue. I believe that's our 50th member on, on yeah. this channel. So thank you very much for that. Uh, they, they brought up in the chat, uh, but people latched on to Bobby Roode talking about like kind of the top um, the mm -hmm. top uh, workers in NXT. I would disagree. People latched on to Bobby Roode's theme song. I don't think they latched on to Bobby Roode, personally. I Absolutely. think people... I don't think people were that into Roode as NXT champion, honestly. Mm. Not as much I mean, as the others. I know that Bobby Roode isn't like the top level of NXT champion, but Bobby Roode's still like a really good worker. Yeah, he's all good. Bo yeah. yeah, all of Bobby Roode's takeover main events were like great. You know, his matches with Nakamura were great. His match with Kento was really good. His match mm -hmm. with Drew McIntyre was really good. All those matches were really good. Yeah. You know, it's just carrying cross isn't uh isn't at the level to produce like the four and a half star matches in the main event. And yeah, which is after like, yeah, after six, seven years of takeovers, that's kind of like the expectation now, yeah. you know, which is really lofty. But again, that's the kind of like, that's the price you pay for having a really good show for a long time. The standard is very high. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's get into your uh, your Ultra Chats now, and let's see what you guys thought uh, of this show. Make sure to get in your Ultra Chats at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. The link is on the screen right now. If you want to tell us what you thought of the show, any points you may have, things you may have missed or anything like that, and we'll get through all of them before the show ends today. Uh, Nemo Toad says, uh, not a fan of this takeover. Crowd sucked, and the main event was, top, uh, was four top talents trying to lift cross an IMO, failing. Uh, I'm not impressed by suplex everyone for five minutes, then take a rest break slash bump. The near side Silence after he won was really telling. Uh, yeah, it's kind of what we already uh, what we already said there. But yes, uh, I agree. Uh, Eternal Blue, hello again. Uh, it says uh, it seems that even NXT may be losing momentum more and more than ever. If NXT just becomes average, then what is left to support in WWE? NXT UK? Oof! Uh, I just watched multiple episodes of Dark over my shift. Maybe that takes my attention more. Hey, that's what you enjoy more. Then absolutely, by all means, watch it more. Hey, man, you can go and watch uh, uh, Mustafa Ali on main event having great matches every week. There's yeah. something to watch if you want to watch good oh, WWE. Yeah. It exists. It's just not on like national television. Yeah, which is a shame because it should be. Yeah. Uh, Genetic Ghost says, uh, Morning, lads. Love the Undisputed Era team up on Cross and Adam Cole's very pointed super kick party. Uh, but the main event was four of the best wrestlers in the world and Karrion Cross was just there. It's a shame because I, d- I, d- I don't dislike Karrion Cross. I think he's very good. Yeah. He's just not at the same level as the other four guys, which everyone's saying, oh, so he's bad. It's like, no, he's not bad. He's just not as good as four of the best in the world. I'm like, <laughs> you know, they're the four yeah. of the best in the world. Yeah, which is a shame, yeah. but hey-ho. I, I really do think that this show, on the whole, is just the story of having a really, really high standard. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, compare this show to any other company's shows, and this will probably still be considered a really good show. Yeah. And the same thing with the main event. Like, you know, Carrying Cross, I don't think is like a bad worker by any mm-hmm. means. But when you compare him to four of the best in the world, he's going to stick out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charles Burr comes in to say, hello guys, I uh, hope you had a nice weekend. I agree with the thumbnail, the show was fine, but a dead crowd always dulls a show. In regards to Regal, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, I didn't take it as him stepping down, but the start of a heel turn, that's how it seemed to me at least. Well, that seems like a very good segue uh, to talk about the rest of the show.
we'll actually start off with this with this because this is probably the second biggest talking point of the show uh was actually how the show ended uh because <laughs> because the show didn't end with carrying cross celebrating his title win and the show went off the end no 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 it did not we cut backstage because the whole night and for weeks now on nxt as we've been kind of pointing out we're being like good god this show has been getting so much more chaotic and regal is just running around the whole show every time just being like i'll break it up security get hit oh my god war games etc <laughs> um and there was even more of this on the show it was literally like kyle o'reilly's arriving oh there's johnny gargano oh they start fighting in the parking lot here's security here's regal here he goes and then there was a, another backstage segment later and it was like oh here's uh pete dunn and carrying cross and they're brawling and uh, here comes regal with the security break him up and right before the main event started, Johnny Gargano was about to enter, and uh, Dakota Kai and Shotzi Blackheart and Raquel Gonzalez were brawling right by the the actual steps to go up onto the onto the stage. And uh, again, Regal runs in, gets scary on it, <laughs> and literally at that point in the show, I just started laughing. I was like, "Poor Regal! Oh my yeah. god, this guy is just running around with security the whole time." And I was like, I know they're doing that for a reason to show like NXTs being chaotic, but I didn't think they were gonna one address it on this show, and two do this reference in particular because after the main event finished Karen Cross gets his title retention we cut backstage and backstage interviewer forgotten your name I'm sorry person is maybe is this one Mackenzie Mitchell that maybe sounds familiar oh, I'm sorry. I don't know yeah. I don't know um uh she goes up to to Regal as he's just kind of like slowly walking away towards the back and she just goes hey you know after the the crazy events of uh take a fit in your house just wanted to get your thoughts on the show and he just very slow, doesn't even like turn around, just very slowly pushes open like the fire exit, just walks out into the parking lot, turns around, you can see tear streaks down his face. Oh, Regal. And he's just like, you know, you know, it's been seven years since I started in, in the in the GM of NXT, but I've never seen such bedlam. Uh, and he says he thinks it's time for a change. Oh, and he turns around and he walks away. So yeah, the most common uh, theory I've seen online uh, is that Samoa Joe is going to come in as part of this NXT thing uh, because there, there are rumors that he's you know, he's been spotted at the performance center. There was rumors of NXT wanting to bring him back. Um, and people are saying that Regal isn't going to be stepping away as GM. He's going to bring in Samoa Joe as an enforcer and to actually get some bloody decorum back on this show. Um, which I would kind of be really into. Uh, I, I'd also be into just Samoa Joe as the GM of NXT. I also think he'd do really well as, at that, because there was one thing he did when he was on commentary for Raw. I think it was a contract signing between Drew and someone. Mm, Lashley, maybe at like Backlash last year, something like that. Joe was the, the contract signee guy. And it was a really cool dynamic between the three of them because he's the kind of guy that you know he could just beat you up if he wants to. It's not someone you're just going to talk back to freely kind of thing. So I think that could be a really interesting dynamic. Regardless, you broke my heart, Regal. Oh, my God. <laughs> How dare you people make William Regal one of the best villains this company's ever seen? How dare you make him cry? Oh, broke my heart. Yeah, I don't know where any of this is going. I've definitely seen all of the Samoa Joe theories and whatnot. Watching the show, I would probably enjoy that a lot. 
you know, because Samoa Joe is great and can do anything and make it good. But it just personally, I would rather see Samoa Joe somewhere else. And that's yeah. that's just me being a fan of other companies. So I'm kind of hoping that doesn't happen. But if it does happen, I'm sure it will be good. And I'm not going to be like sad about it. Ah, it's tough, man. I really like Regal as uh, the GM of NXT. To me, he's been just like the prototypical general manager of a wrestling show for the longest time. Like doesn't get involved in angles, just is a straight shooter, kind of plays both sides, is fair, but also is like reputable, like has has a good career behind him that you know that you shouldn't test this man. Like he's the perfect mm-hmm. general manager in my opinion. Yeah. So if he's, I really don't want to see him step and step down. Like if he's trying to go and like retire and just be done, then that's one thing. But I don't know that that's the case. If this is just him going off the show, I'm going to be really disappointed. Yeah. I don't know where it's going. I'm intrigued. I would have thought that this would have been either one done before the main event. I thought this was odd to close the show with this. I mean, I I guess it makes sense, but it it just felt like it almost over overshadowed the title uh, the title retention a little bit for me just to close it out as the the last thing of the show either like before the main event started have this angle play out or at the start of next episode of nxt i would have done to just be like well what does this mean for this episode of nxt well what's gonna happen to the future of nxt find out keep watching kind of thing uh was the way i would have gone personally but still though it was cool um, yeah. And I'm very interested to see where it's going to go because I don't know currently. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to tomorrow night. Um, anyway, let's talk about the rest of the show. Uh, we got a fun little intro video for In Your House, uh, which was cool. Just a general thing. I have no nostalgia for this period of wrestling at all um, because I wasn't watching at the time. I wasn't even really born in the early 90s and all that stuff. So like, uh I don't really care about Todd Pettengill or Doc Hendricks doing the voiceover or anything like that. Totally get why they're doing it. Just feel like you're appealing to an audience that's kind of old. And that's the bit that you've already got because you you, you want to be bringing in the 18 to 49s. Come on, NXT, learn your lessons. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. want them to work on the nostalgia for the mid-2000s ruthless yeah. aggression era? Exactly. No <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Hey, yeah. a lot of people... Mayor Painsville Dan have a lot of nostalgia for that uh, period in time. You don't have to do anything crazy. Just bring back the SmackDown fist. That's all we're asking. Just bring back the SmackDown fist. That's all you need. Um, NXT TakeOver Ruthless Aggression. Yes. 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 Why haven't they done that? Tempest, why haven't they done that? That's such an easy (laughs) win. God, calm. Here we go. Here we go. Um, They had a musical performance. I say musical performance. That's generous. There was no singing involved. It was them lip syncing. 110%. This was bad. Naomi Fox, who I googled. Couldn't find anything. Um, Sure. Todd Pettengill's back. There's an awful lot of intro stuff before we get to our first match. Goodness me. Um, He does some stuff because he's Todd Pettengill. And then the first match starts. MSK and Bronson Reed versus Legado del Fantasma. Uh, for all the gold for the North American title and the NXT tag team titles. Um, this is more of a, it's just more of the same of what we've been saying on NXT. There was a fair amount of booze for MSK 
uh, coming in. People are really not into them for whatever reason that I still don't understand. I don't know why people don't like them. I think they're cool. Um, and there was actually lots of cheers for Legado del Fantasma, which I was more happy about because Legado del Fantasma are really cool. As their entrance proved, I thought their entrance made them all look really, really cool. Yeah. It's just strange. It's just strange, man. I don't I don't get this like negative reaction to MSK. Maybe, I don't know, maybe some people think that they got pushed too soon to the NXT tag titles because it was pretty soon after their debut in the company. I disagree with that point of view personally, but I know they're fun. They're high pace, you know, they're good workers. It, I, I don't know. They're good. Yeah, I think I think the cheers for Legado del Fantasma in at least part plays into Santos Escobar's incredible run as Cruiserweight Champion. Like, I feel yes. like that was one of those uh, raising your stock with the smart fan mm-hmm. kind of runs where you can, even though he's a heel, you can really appreciate the kind of run that he had. The only thing that I've seen, because like Luke came on this show during your week off and talked about how he does not like MSK at all. He just thinks mm. that they're like obnoxious goofballs and didn't like them from their time in Impact. That's the only thing that I can think of that, you know, would make people not like them is that that maybe they're a bit overzealous and obnoxious a little bit. But it hasn't, you know, it hasn't deterred me from them. I still want them to be the top babyface team in NXT and go up against uh, Grizzled Young Veterans at the next takeover and have a really great match because I bet that they would. But yeah, I don't know. I like that the babyface team all had matching gear for this match. That was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Um, the Another small, small, again, small criticism for this match before we get into the more positive things about this. Um, I didn't like the Santos Escobar was scared of Bronson Reed. Like, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get why you're doing it. He's a big man. But he's Santos Escobar. He just had like a really, really, really long run with the Cruiserweight Championship and he's really cool. And, you know, he wants to bring prestige back and all that stuff. That's his whole thing. And for him to get in the ring and then uh, Nash Carter to be like teasing, uh, teasing Tagging and Bronson Reed is like, oh no, don't do that. I don't want to face him. And then when he comes in, he tags out to get someone, uh, Raul Mendoza to get in and his place is like, oh, that's, I thought you were just really badass. Like, why are you being scared of another guy? That's, hmm. Because the thing I really liked about the Ghetto del Fantasma is to me, if it didn't, although it was Santos Escobar's faction, to me, at least in its current form, it didn't feel like it was Santos Escobar and his cronies. It was Mm -hmm. three dudes. Santos Escobar happens to be the leader, but it was three dudes who like respect each other. He gives them time to talk. He doesn't tell them what to do. He's just kind of like, you're two guys who I really appreciate. Come join me and we can be really cool together. And this one was very much like, oh, Santos is the leader and he's telling the other guys to fight for him instead. And it was like, that seems a bit weird to me. That's not the vibe I got from this faction at all going into this match. Uh, it was a small thing. It didn't take up too much of the match, but it was just a bit bit of a weird like vibe for me on that bit. Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, as far as the match itself for me, I really enjoyed this match, but mm. it was kind of odd. I talked about in the written review again how this match... If it took place later on in the show, they probably would have done a lot more. Like, it felt like an opening match, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they they never really got out of second gear. Like, it was still a really good opening match. But if this took place second from the top, they probably would have went all out with crazy near falls and, and stuff like that. But I don't know where we got a- away from that sort of match just being every match on a takeover card. 
you know? Because you go back to, like, just two years ago, maybe, like 2019 and before, and the opening matches on TakeOvers were, like, Undisputed Era against Mustache Mountain or Lorcan and Birch or the War Raiders or War Raiders against Aleister Black and Ricochet. And these were all, like, match-of-the-night candidates where they went all-out craziness in the opening match. And I get, like, the, the more traditional way of doing things is not to, you know blow your wad in the first match but that's kind of what made takeovers the best cards of the year you know and i don't know if this is like a conscious decision to save that for the main event but it's happened a couple times in a row now and i think it might be hurting the shows yeah i mean i think the two most important matches on the card are your opener and your main event like Mm -hmm. the semi-main event is not a to me it's not really a thing um it, it's how you start the show and how you end the show is the two most important thing because one if you have a, an amazing opener it kind of sets the crowd up for the rest of the show and it's how you leave them is the people's kind of lasting impression of the show after the fact so i think it those are the two big things you need to get right on a show is the opener and the and the main event and i think they did really well on the main event the opener i thought was it was so close to being great i think it was just shy of great this was good this was fun i'd say it was nothing super special but a solid good quality takeover match and that's not and that's not quite the level that we expect from a takeover opener at this point which is a shame i don't think i'll really remember much from this match like there were a couple of good spots like legato del fantasma did like a hip toss 450 Mm. and i was like oh wow that was really cool i really like that that's good stuff there was a lot of like really cool stuff like that, but nothing that would make me stand out and be like, wow, that match was like incredible. It was just like, it was just a good match. And yeah. again, story of this show with such a high standard for takeover, it feels like a downgrade, you know, this would have been, if this was a, a regular NXT TV main event, we'd have been like, what a main event, what a brilliant yeah. main event they put on. This was a really, really good match. But yeah, for a takeover opener, like it was really good. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It was really good. Also, Michinoku Driver from uh, San Francisco on to Bronson Reed. <laughs> oh, that looked good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Reed crushing San Francisco through the barricade. I thought was quite funny. That was a really weird setup with Santos just screamed into a yeah. camera. I was going to bring that up because like, <laughs> that was one of the biggest detractors from the match. Yeah. Because you know? like, without getting into the whole song and dance about how WWE shoots their shows, where uh, talent has to play to the camera instead of the camera finding the best angle for them. Mm-hmm. This felt like a thing where it was like, all right, I'm going to just go stop wrestling so I can scream at a camera and do my spot. Yeah. You know? yeah. It was a little bit odd. It wasn't a huge deal, but I was like, uh, it takes me out of it for a split second and I have to yeah. get back into the match afterwards. If, if it was like, I don't know, I felt like it was, if he, if he didn't scream at the camera, if he literally went to go grab the North American title, look at yes. it for a second, and then go to the ring to try and like use it or something, and then on the way in comes Bronson Reed, bang. It was just like, it was really like a long time that he just looked at it, looked up at the camera, started screaming into the camera. I was like, what yeah. are you doing at this point? Anyway. Um, but yeah, that was the opener. I thought it was good. Uh, but obviously the baby faces won. Uh, Bronson Reed and MSK retained their tag titles, which, you know, is fine. Would have preferred the trio. That's actually a trio. Beat the people that aren't a trio but you know that's the way the the, the booking worked for this one um Kyle at least they're the right. champions at Sorry? least they're the champions i would say yes 
Yeah, that's true. You know, yes. in theory, they are the better team and better singles wrestler. Yes. So it's not like if it was the other way around and yes. the, the, the yeah. non-trio beat the champions to win all the titles, then I would probably have more of an issue with it. Yes, I agree with that one. Yeah, 100%. Um, Kaido Rani arrives in the parking lot, gets into it with Gargano, and Regal's there with the security. Um, Todd Pengill then doesn't understand what a video is. Uh, oh, sorry, doesn't understand what digital is and plays a video on a on a VC, on a old VCR thing, but clearly not plugged in, but sure, whatever. Um, and then I we had... I wanted to see him do it. I wanted to see the VHS tape go in there and have it work, because I was like, yeah. how did they manage to put a... a video package onto a onto a vhs tape but it mm-hmm. didn't happen i was disappointed yeah uh we then got the video package and the uh and the match of mercedes martinez versus zaya lee this was probably the most thrown together match out of uh out of everything on this card uh and it felt like it uh yeah. in this match i i said when we were talking about uh our last week's nxt review that i said they're probably going to put this on the show because they want some sort of big moment for the takeover match which they kind of had not really uh they tried to do anyway afterwards um this is the point where i wrote this crowd is not very good absolute silence while mercedes enters um but zaya lee got a decent little pop when a hat came off (laughs) cool um this was a slower match than the opener felt like a bit of a tv match if i'm honest this was a tv match through and through like this yeah. wasn't a takeover match in preparation as for the mm-hmm. build, and it wasn't a takeover match in execution, unfortunately. Yeah. Like yeah. this just this was an a bang average match. Like this would have been a good top of the hour NXT match. Like I don't even mm-hmm. think this was an NXT main event. This no. was just like a fine NXT TV match. Ah, that it's tough, man. Like, yeah. If you take out this match and put in the tornado tag with the Grizzle Junk Vets and Chomper, uh, Chomper? No. Champa and Thatcher. <laughs> Champa and Thatcher. I think the show probably gets a lot better, but yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe that match will suck. I doubt it, though. Those are two fun teams. Yeah. Um, I think Zia Lee looked pretty decent, though. I like. I liked her, like, as part of this whole new gimmick that she's got, like her new aggression is very good. She, it's very believable. I think that that kind of aggression that she's got, and I really like her finishing trouble in paradise, but better uh, mm-hmm. is, is really cool. Um, but then they had the, the post-match angle. Zaylee wins, by the way, doing the, the thing. Um, and they had a, a post-match angle where Mercedes Martinez started fighting back with a chair. Zaylee brought in the chair, but Mercedes Martinez fought back. So that's whacking him with the chair. And uh, Mei Ying, who's the one who sits in the chair and was watching from the ramp the whole time, stands up. Whoa! Um, <gasps> and, you know, I was I was mildly interested when they stood up. I was like, okay, are they going to wrestle? Are they going to do some cool move? Like something to like make her seem really, really cool? Um, yeah. But then she got up. She kind of grabbed Mercedes by the throat a bit. And then Mercedes whacked her with a chair, so she went, oh, no. And then she grabbed her by her throat again anyway, and then kind of <laughs> threw her into the barricade. And then that was it. I think they thought it was a big deal, and it kind of wasn't. Yeah. I. There were a number of things I didn't really like about the end and then where we went afterwards, where I don't think the takeaway from this match is going to be that Zia Lee got her first takeover win. 
Mm. And that's a shame because they did yeah. so much afterwards and none of it involved Zia Lee. Yeah. So like, uh, it just feels like this match had was kind of pointless. You know, it was just an, it was an avenue to get to this angle that also wasn't that interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have Zia Lee win and then have Mercedes, Mar- like why couldn't Mercedes Martinez win this match? If she's going to be the one that faces Mei Ying, like I get that you want Zia Lee to to get some wins with this new character, but then she just gets beaten up two on one afterwards. Like yeah. I don't know, there was a, there was a disconnect there, and I don't know what this Mei Ying character is actually going to be when she starts wrestling and everything. Because personally, I don't like supernatural stuff in wrestling, and I that's kind of. Triple H said on the post call that they don't want to like lean into the supernatural stuff. Like there's a tightrope that you need to walk. So that gives me a little bit more confidence in this angle, but I don't know. I'm not interested in it. This isn't like, this isn't super, this isn't the thing where I'm just like, Oh, I got to see Mei Ying. I can't wait for this match. He's going to have with Mercedes Martinez. Like, I don't care. They have yet to make me care about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, after that, because we're going to have to move on, because otherwise we're going to have to run out of time here. Uh, we got Champer and Thatcher cut a promo. Uh, another really awesome promo. Just do this all the time with them. Don't do any comedy bits, because they kind of go back and forth on that. Just do them being really serious and be like, I'm going to break your limbs. Apart from the last line of the promo, where Thatcher said, boo, and then they walked off. That just... Re- Stop it! You had you're such a good end! You had yeah. such a good end! And then they go, boo, and then they walk off. Uh, stop it. They ran away. Like, yeah. a couple of kids this, yeah what was yeah. this like it was a perfect bang on promo up yeah, to that point. Sure was. i was like oh i'm super excited to see this match boot what what uh-huh. why yeah it felt like a different team had their promo written into here by mistake like they merged two promos yeah don't, don't do the comedy bits in the shoes just have them be serious uh yeah. we then got the million dollar championship ladder match between cameron grimes and la knight um and I, my first note is, is is it just me or is that briefcase really high above the ring <laughs> it was it was really high above the ring uh also loved this quote from beth phoenix ultra high ladder means ultra high damage thanks beth appreciate that um this was a fun match i quite like this one um mm-hmm. i thought it was it was a little bit slow to start but as it got into it, I got really, really into it. And like the second half, thought it was really fun. Lots of really cool spots, uh, like a neck breaker onto the side of a ladder. Ow. Mm. Um, LA Knight took a lot of bumps in this match. <laughs> <laughs> he he yeah. ate ladders a lot. And it's all like big, like back body drop onto one of them, went like over the ropes onto another one that was on like a bridge and stuff like that. Lots and lots of uh, big ladder bumps, which was quite fun. Um, and. It got towards the finish, and I saw Knight setting up a bridge. There was a ladder on the ramp, because the, the ramp was um, the same level as the, the ring, and he set up a, a ladder on the ramp and then put a bridge of another ladder into the, the rungs of that ladder on the ramp. And I was like, well, that's going to be the finishing spot. Who's going through it? And I said, Knight set it up, so I hope that Knight goes through it. That was not the case, uh, because Cameron Grimes instead was climbing to go get the briefcase. LA Knight comes in, tips the ladder, and Grimes falls from inside the ring onto the ladder on the outside of the ring. Ow! That one looked <laughs> like it hurt. And then LA Knight climbs up and he retrieves the belt. Uh, 
I'm mad about it, but not because it was bad, because I wanted to see Grimes win. That's good heel heat right there. Uh, I yeah, I, I, yeah, I know you did. Yeah, you absolutely called it. I thought this was the Cameron Grimes story, and this was going to be the culmination of the Cameron Grimes story, and that's that's how it is. I'm going to have a wild guess that this feud must continue. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, even though Grimes did kind of just lose clean, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. Honestly, uh, I think now looking back on it, I think it's probably the right choice. I think that uh, Knight gets a lot more out of this than Grimes would if he won. And you can still have the feel-good moment of Grimes getting his comeuppance and having that feel-good victory later down the line. This is probably the right choice. And I thought this was a fun match to do it in. Yeah, I think this whole feud in this match is all booked based on how many vignettes they can get out of it. And you can get more vignettes out of LA Knight winning first, getting all the LA Knight Million Dollar Championship vignettes, mm-hmm. and then eventually have Cameron Grimes win, and then you get all the Cameron Grimes vignettes out of it. Uh, makes good, more yeah. sense. You, you do it that order instead of Big just brain. Cameron Grimes gets it, gets his vignettes. But I thought this match was like a really good kind of classic uh, ladder match where it didn't start with the crazy over-the-top spots. It built. Mm-hmm. It built throughout the match. Because at the start, I was like, oh, wow, this is like a really smartly worked ladder match where they weren't doing crazy bumps they were like hitting each other with the with the ladders and doing more bumps where didn't look as bad like i could do the the neck breaker onto the the upright Mm -hmm. ladder like they were just kind of like sitting back on something like that but it looks crazy which is the point yeah yeah exactly so i really did enjoy this match this is where the show kind of turned around for me from here to the end i thought this was like a really good show it was just Mm -hmm. the first bit that didn't quite grab me. The one thing I will say, <clears throat> Wade Barrett on commentary is like, <laughs> his hype is like, oh, that's solid gold ladder. It's good. It's going to be so heavy. Oh, it's not heavy. Oh, that's crazy. Do you know how, how much a solid gold ladder would cost? It's a lot. I was working it out afterwards. This is like, I got to figure this out. It would be yeah. at least $9 million. At least. Hey, man. And that's, that's, I know, million dollar man. Perhaps he would yeah. have the funds to pull something like this off. But yeah. come on, man. That's like, so funny. It, it's, it's wrestling, but every once in a while, I just want my announcers to, you know, not be, not be idiots. Fools. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> uh, solid yeah. gold. You wouldn't be able to step up a solid gold ladder. Gold is yep. soft. Yeah. You'd, very soft. You'd break it. <laughs> It bend, yeah. And I yeah. love when he picked it up and he was like, Oh, it must be gold plated, I guess. Then uh-huh. it's like, or just painted gold. Come on, Wade. <laughs> yeah. Um, he loves gold. He loves gold. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cool match. Eleanor, your new uh, million dollar champion. Uh, DBS gave him the belt after the thing. Yeah, it should, it should be good fun to see what, what goes on next. Uh, Todd Pengill was plugging some merch. Hit Row interrupted him. And, and, the instant a hit row interrupted, I went, oh, no, they're going to plug in merch. Oh, no. But they still somehow did great. And they're, they're that good that I still was like, they haven't been ruined by doing a merch plug. Great. Good job, guys. Um, they plug some merch. They plug their own merch. And they plug their own song that they've done. Uh, and say so that's available now on Spotify and everywhere else. Cool. Love that. Um, Dunn and Cross started fighting backstage. Riga was constantly just running around backstage, breaking up fights. I love it, was my note for that. 
again that actually played into the uh, the ending angle uh and then we got raquel gonzalez versus ember moon for the nxt women's championship and uh the intangibles let's get to that first because this was the only match on the card that had intangibles what the hell nxt absolutely Absolutely. unacceptable four championship matches on this show with five titles on the line and there's only one match with intangibles what is going on absolutely terrible uh ember moon fiery because her name's ember you see yeah 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 yeah. that's that's okay raquel gonzalez powerhouse and ruthless (laughs) down or (laughs) not both it's It's gotta be a rib it's gotta be a rib on someone i think it's on us I think they yeah. watch the show and they go, we're just going to do that just for these guys. God, oh. yeah. Um, I really like this match. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think from the off, the opening three matches, I felt something felt a little bit off in terms of like, oh, they don't really fit on this like takeover style card. Less so in the Million Dollar Championship match, but it's still to me like maybe I was just getting over the first two matches. That by the time the third match hit, I was still just like, ah, this doesn't quite feel like takeover level yet. This match kicked off, and I was like, this feels like a takeover match, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're we're here now. This this is it. And I, just in terms of like the opening pace, I felt like this just fit the takeover mold a lot more. Um, there were some really cool spots from Raquel during this match. I thought she she brought a lot more unique offense than we normally see from her. There was a cool re- like lift from the corner into the sidewalk slam, just kind of throwing a bit of the air, catching her into the sidewalk slam was cool. There was like an inverted weird twisting Vader bomb thing. It was really cool. Liked it. Um, and then there was a really cool straight right from Ember Moon that just floored Raquel that just sounded great. There was a really good slap sound on it. That was nice. Uh, I will say that Raquel Gonzalez's oh no, she kicked out face uh after like a minute in the match is like it's a bit early for that save that yeah. for the big big moves later they teach um, you in wrestling school not to do that yeah don't do that because it makes your offense look weaker if you can't believe that this person kicked out and it's like a minute in your offense wasn't very good so yeah still learning but don't do that yeah um ember moon actually does manage to hit the eclipse in this match uh, but uh, Dakota Kai then puts Raquel's Gonzalez, uh, Raquel's foot on the bottom rope. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart then runs out and evens the odds, starts brawling with Dakota Kai, shoves her in some plants. I don't know if that was supposed to happen or not, but they did it anyway. Uh, and then they just start brawling to the back a little bit. Uh, it's really brutal looking DDT on the ramp from uh, Ember Moon onto Raquel as well, which looked really cool, like a tornado DDT off the off the ring onto the, the ramp, which is really cool. Uh, and there was a really cool setup uh, as Raquel countered the eclipse uh, into the uh, the power bomb that she does, kind of going from a German and kind of lifting her up from there, catching her into the the power bomb, which is really cool. And Raquel retains her uh, NXT Women's title. Good match. Yeah, good match. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> through through Dakota Kai into the plants. Not the plants. Oh God, the horror. <laughs> Not the plants. Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed this match. You know, it to me. This was a match where I got to see that Raquel Gonzalez really has improved. Mm. And I don't know what really was different from this match to some of the other matches that she's had, 
maybe it's just that now I'm looking at her as the champion, as opposed to someone who's working with like Io Shirai and getting put over. Something about it just made me feel like, yeah, hell yeah, Raquel Gonzalez. You know, I, I now there's like a switch that needs to be flipped when I'm looking at different people in NXT, where if I see your name on the card, am I going to get excited? And now I feel like if I see Raquel Gonzalez's name on a card, I will be like, yeah, that'll probably be a really good match. And so that's a, that's a really good thing. I thought that the finish in this match was awesome and not necessarily like the setup into the finish, but she looked like she just killed Ember Moon with that slam. Mm -hmm. Like she hit that choke bomb and I was like, Oh my God, she's dead. Like she's, Mm -hmm. she's not even a chance. She's kicking out. Like this isn't going to be, if if that was a near fall, I would have been pissed off. Like Mm -hmm. that was an excellent, excellent move. Really like this match. Honestly, this to me was, if you wanted just like a straight up one-on-one singles match on this show, this was probably your match of the night, you know, because it didn't have like the, the smoke and mirrors of the ladder match and it didn't have like the wacky tomfoolery of the, of the main event. So if you're looking for just a one-on-one match, this is really, really good. I do hope at some point that Ember Moon gets a chance to do a little something because honestly, and this, I don't know if this is a hot take, or not but looking at her overall nxt career ember moon's really weak in nxt like to me i think she's probably the worst nxt women's champion like unless unless you think of like maybe Kyrie sane who had like a really short reign in there like ember moon couldn't beat uh, uh, oscar two times in a row she only won the title when oscar vacated it she vacated yeah she she retained against Baszler once on like a roll up that she'd on been losing up. the entire match, and then she lost the next time yeah, decisively. Right. Like Ish. so, I felt like when she came back to NXT, this was kind of a way to like give her a second shot at a good NXT run, and it still hasn't happened. Yeah. Like we really haven't gotten much out of Ember Moon up to this point, so. And this was a really good match. Like the matches have still been good. She's a good worker, but I want to see her get like a little bit of a push. Yeah. And maybe that's just not in the cards because that's not where it's lining up with with Raquel Gonzalez being on top of the division. But add to each throne. Yeah. Um. Todd Benton Gill's back again, playing some karate fighters with Dexter Loomis. I thought I was going to go a whole show without any of this. And then, and then, after they just start. Todd Pettengill just says, how are the women treating you these days? Who says that? <laughs> Who says that to a guy you've just like started playing a game with? That's the normal catch-up question, not, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's life? Hey, how are the women treating you? What? Um, yeah. And then Dexter Loomis grabs the karate fighter thing and walks off. And Todd Pettengill goes, like, oh, you win. Okay. Uh, sure, whatever. We whatever. don't have time to talk about that. <laughs> and then we got the announcement. It's Great American Bash on July the 6th on nxt not a pay-per-view just a special yeah. nxt episode uh cool yeah i'm sure i'm sure that'll be fun i'm looking forward there to reviewing go. it it'll be a good show yeah. yeah uh and then we got the main event that we've already spoken about and that regal announcement uh so overall i thought this was a pretty weak takeover um it was fun but it's not you know the, the epic takeover standard that we're used to uh it's been elevated to a platform that's incredibly difficult to hit at this point and it didn't reach it uh I would say this is probably a three out of five show. Yeah. 
I, yeah. like I said, like I said in my written review, it was if you're comparing this to all other shows in general, this is probably like a four out of five. Like it was just mm -hmm. a good show. But if you're comparing yeah. it to other takeovers, it's a three out of five because this yeah. is this is a weak show compared to the best shows WWE has ever done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very it's, high it's, it's such a hard thing to compare to, but you know, yeah. I mean, like, like, like we say, for, for all of like the review stuff we do, all of the review scores that we have and stuff is scaled for the show we're reviewing. So, like, a three out of five for Raw is much lower on an AEW or an NXT, yes. right? So, for this, this is using the takeover scale of things. So, we're not saying that if we get, if you know, on the, uh, this coming week, SmackDown, we gave SmackDown a four out of five, and I gave this NXT a three out of five. I'm not saying that SmackDown's better, I'm saying that on the takeover scale. This is a three out of five show, I'd say. Also, um, in general, I've said I've said this a few times in the last few weeks. You don't need to look into the number scores no, at all. No, <laughs> like if there's one guy like charting, oh, Tempest gave this one a three out of five, and Pete gave that one a four. Like it does not matter that much. I promise I, you, this is not something to think more than two seconds about. Exactly, because we don't think about it for more than two seconds. let's get into your ultra chats let's see uh what you guys thought of the show last chance to get in your ultra chats here wrestletalk.com forward slash support uh and make sure to get in your messages because we'll go through all of them before the show ends the day uh the intangible one ryan b bad says uh i think cross is just as good as the other four guys it's just his style doesn't suit the nxt style that the other four can do cross is basically the orton of nxt right now hopefully cross goes to the main roster after SummerSlam. I don't agree with that comparison at all. Mm. Randy Orton is like the most polished worker in WWE. He just doesn't try, you know, mm -hmm. like that's always been the, the thing about Randy Orton is like, he doesn't, he doesn't exude the energy of other people just because he can get away with going at half speed and still be one of the best guys on the show. Yeah. Harry and cross is just kind of clunky, you know? He's not fluid. Like, he doesn't have the best transitions, and he's not just, like, a natural in the ring. Randy Orton's a natural. Mm. Yeah, totally. Uh, we've got some general, a uh, couple uh, general NXT chats here. Eternal Blue says, uh, fun little pet peeve of mine that NXT has poked at for many years since her debut, Zia Lee. I took years of Chinese language and history for school. It's not pronounced Zia, it's Sha. Sha Lee. X's make an S sound, but through the teeth. NXT, please crying emoji yeah 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 probably i'm gonna believe you on that because i don't know anything about chinese so i'll just take your word for it uh brett j rasmussen says uh, this takeover was great with three exclamation marks on it i understand <laughs> that it wasn't as good as other takeovers but now they're becoming more common i'm now excited to see tuesday's nxt with two exclamation marks four out of five show also, Tempest, I did try myself a PB and pickle sandwich, and it was surprisingly great with three exclamation marks and in capitals. It's crazy how many people have tend to agreed with me on this sandwich. It's Everyone wild. should go and try this sandwich. Yeah, it's wild. Um, uh, we got one uh, more here from Hannah Allen that says, Here's some love. Sorry, I should explain. I hate that people critique your critique. They say just don't watch, but continue to watch your review. Lol. You guys are amazing. Your review is amazeballs. Please stay amazing and don't ever change. Love you both. Thank you, Hannah. And I literally never even considered that being like, well, just don't watch. It's like, okay, then don't watch the review. Yeah. 
done. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, your positivity, funny. Hannah. It, it yeah. helps. Thanks, Hannah. It's good to put some positive energy out into the world. Because, like, yeah, we can review things. There was there was one guy on the SmackDown podcast who was Ooh, adamant, adamant that reviews are meant to be not opinion-based at all. Like, this is I just an objective... That. I think that thread is still going. Like there are just people arguing about it, but yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time over here. You know, we yeah. might lose our minds like yeah. we did on the SmackDown show, but overall we're still having fun. Like we're talking about wrestling. Dude, yeah. It's not that serious. And the thing is as well is you've got to bear in mind that we are reviewing this for an audience. So there's a little bit of it. That's kind of just doing it for the bit kind of doing mm. it to produce a little bit of like good content, like fun things for people to, to laugh at and, you know, smile at and be like, ah, he's shouting a lot. Isn't that funny? It's part of that too. Not really that mad about everything. It's just, you know, it's yeah. just, just throwing that out there too. Anyway, uh, that is going to do it for this episode of the NXT takeover in your house, 2021 review. Uh, thank you very much for watching everyone. We really do appreciate all you guys coming out and checking it out. We're going to be back on Wednesday reviewing NXT as normal. If you enjoyed our NXT style reviews, if this is your first time checking out one of our NXT reviews, we do it every week for the weekly show. Go check that out on Wednesdays. Uh, and if you're watching on, uh, if you're watching on catch up, make sure to press the, the videos that just pinned on the screen to catch up with more awesome rest podcast content and uh, press the button in the middle. That'll make it become a pledge hammer over on Patreon. Uh, I have been Chubba Pete Quinnell. I've been joined by Tempest the Wrestler. And that was NXT TakeOver in your house 2021 by the T-shirt. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.